We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Prize Picks coming at you late Tuesday evening. It's February 13th after the Wolves 121-109 win over the Blazers out here in Portland. I got Kyle Tige here with me. We just got back from Moda Center. Another late night pod, Kyle. You ready? Just a Jimmy Butler meme. Man, just getting a little exhausted. Oh, yeah. Way you you too- cover one game. I've oversaturated the market here with my voice did a little flagrant house uh earlier today but uh no it was good it was good to be back in a locker room especially you know locker rooms after wins are always a little more fun and vibrant um but it was also cool you and i were talking about this on the way there just a year ago they had another one of these kind of back-to-back in portland two game sets it was december i think 2022 technically but uh the Wolves got spanked in both of those. Right. Um, and to just kind of see the progression of how far they've come. But also, you know, there's some eer- eerily similarities between what the Blazers did and trading their franchise guy and how quickly it's just crumbled. I mean, you know, talking to Blazers people tonight, like they're in a full rebuild now. And that's all you and I really knew <laughs> growing right. up, getting our, you know, cutting our teeth, covering this team and doing stuff. And now to see the Wolves are that contending team that, has a lot of vets and has a lot of stars. So uh really cool night, obviously second night of a back to back. And it kind of looked like that to start a little seven or run for Portland to kick it off. But uh thought the wolves kind of rebounded and, and set themselves up a little bit. And then it got super stale. And then it was the Nikhil Alexander Walker game. So uh I don't know where you want to start, but definitely some fun topics to talk about on a game that I know probably a lot of people missed back, back home in the Midwest. But uh, yeah, just a fun game with, you know, Ant and Nikhil and some of the cool stuff that you journalists and reporters all learned about. So, uh, yeah, where do you want to start? Yeah, I think Ant and Nikhil are the the headliners in this one. Ant was the body blows throughout the game, and then Nikhil kind of knocked him out uh, at the end. I, I think the place to start is with Ant. I haven't, you know, had a chance to look at all of Ant's 40. 40- 40-point games from his career, but I have to imagine this is one of, if not the most efficient 40-point games of his career. He was 12 for 19 from two-point range, uh, four for eight from three-point range, uh, 41 points uh, in in a game where nobody else on this team scored 20. Uh, he, you know, he, he, he drove this thing, and I think what is maybe most noteworthy is the fact that he played. Um, He was he was a late addition uh, to the injury report, which is uh, never normally a a good sign when a player is put on the injury report day of. And actually, that seems to happen like a good amount where it'll be like two o'clock. You'd be like, okay, injury update. Anthony Edwards is now questionable. And he kind of has this thing where he's like, you know, something in the body isn't isn't feeling right. It's oftentimes maybe in a difficult stretch in the schedule, a lot of games in a row or in tonight's case, uh, a back to back. But you know, he he made the decision to uh, to play this game. It sounds like some of that, you know, just the the wear and tear, that jumper's knee thing. Um, we asked him about it after the game and, and he said it was just kind of that again, which is 
I think they, they call that a tendinopathy or that's what they did when it was really bothering him two years back. But he, he makes the decision uh, to kind of play through that, the pain of, of that knee tendinopathy. And I mean, butterfly effect, whatever. But if he doesn't play in this game, then you just look at what everyone else did in this game. It wasn't, it wasn't a good cat game. Um, you know, Rudy's box score looks pretty good. You know, the normal like 16 and 15, 7 of 10 uh, from the field. But it was not one of the cleanest offensive games for sure uh, from Rudy. And Aiton and a lot of the other Blazers guys kind of got going offensively. He wasn't at – he wasn't the defensive stalwart, you know, we're kind of used to him being night to night. So I say that all to mean they kind of needed this 41 from Ant – and uh, he, he he delivered in a time when when he wasn't 100%. We think about, you know, back in the first two years of his career, he was, I mean, his words, not mine, trash on the yeah. the, the second nights of uh, back-to-backs. And it's it's good to see him kind of make that stride. It's, you know, it's a it's a professional step of a of a star player on on a good team. And yeah, he, he really delivered in this one. Well, like you said, in the NBA, it's it's pretty common knowledge now that if you get added to the injury report day of, you're probably not going to play that night. So when he pops up as questionable with that knee stuff, you're like, oh, you know, second night, they get in last night, 2 a.m. Uh, and then, you know, a little behind the scenes here, but then the coaches always do a, a pregame media availability. So about 5.30, we got to hang out and talk to Finch a little bit. And when someone asked him, like, is Ant in tonight, that's when you usually get, like, the clarification. And even at that point, he was like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Kind of game time decision. And that's when you're like, oh, if, if he's added to the injury report and Finch is like, I don't really know. And then you're kind of walking him or watching him do shoot around or pre stuff. And he's not looking great. He's kind of moving slowly. You didn't think he was going to play? Yeah, that I mean, just watching him do his warm-ups, that's, it was not the pace and speed. and That's not what his warm-ups normally look like before the game. And so I was kind of sitting there like, I think he's just giving this a test in it right now. But if you would have asked me at six fifteen, I'd been like, "No, he, that I don't think Anthony Edwards is is going to play in this game." And then he had forty one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just sixteen to twenty seven. Uh, what's cool about him and talking to him after the game and stuff too about you know he like you said he was trash in those first couple of years on back to backs. He had no juice. Uh, I think again tonight got a little poke poking and prodding from maybe uh, a Mike Conley to be like, Hey, you're not that hurt. Like, you know, yeah. kind of suck it up and get out there and play. But, uh, tonight was just ant the, the, the shooting guard or ant the score, right? Like he only had two assists, did have a couple steals and a block, just a couple turnovers, but he is becoming at still age 22. What do you need from me that night? And tonight every, I mean, Jaden was awful. Carl had three fouls early and for the third straight game doesn't play in the fourth, but also doesn't play in the second, basically kind of non-existent. And it was just kind of like, hey, tonight, Ant, we just need you to score and tally as many points as possible. And it's cool to watch this kid. I still think he's a kid be able to do that, right? Like last night you needed him to be a little more facilitator or, or play defense. Tonight it was just just get buckets, just help us outscore a team that if we can just kind of give him a couple body blows, uh, they'll probably kind of cave in. And and that's what he did. So five for five from free throw line. I don't think, again, anyone. It was a really tough whistle tonight, by the way. Like, I just I think the whole team was flustered oh, yeah. by. Uh, I mean, Finch was pretty steamy, too. But, uh, yeah, four for eight and three. He just gives I'm just going to shoot my way out of this. And like you said, if he doesn't play or they give him the night off and they right. took a long view of it, and like we don't need him tonight they do probably lose that game. And what does that say about this team, all that stuff? I don't know, man. These back-to-backs are always just a challenge. But uh, despite what other players did tonight, and we'll get to it, without Ant and those 41 points, they needed every one of them to close that thing out and to kind of keep this thing rolling. So uh, I think that's just the growth for him, right? Like, I think having all these vets around him being like, if you want to be a superstar, it's not just about consistency. It's about doing it in, like, every night and doing it at the highest level. So... He was great, plus 16, and without him, I mean, I don't think the Nikhil Walker game even happens. You called him Nikhil Walker. Yeah, because I've just been listening to too many trash <laughs> NBA TV commentators that aren't Jim and Grady, but, or, uh, yeah, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a.k.a. Popsicle. Um, it, it really is a defining part of this team's identity that 
they don't rest guys and that they do play in these situations and they probably have three or four or five more wins this season because of that. Like they don't, when it's close, they don't choose to rest. Um, and that is not, you know, it kind of starts at the top of the organization. Finch talks, has talked about that for, for two years about being a team that plays and, and how important that is. And, and now in a season where obviously this team is competing for the one seed and the margin is, is so thin there, have, having that be a big part of who you, I mean, that's what Ant said. We were asking about it, like the decision to play. is like, that's just who we are, who we are as a team, as an organization. Um, I got to be ready to go. And when, when he was saying in that, in the locker room afterwards, I, w- I was thinking about how, you know, you and I could sit down right now and rattle off like eight pretty solid bullet points of what the identity of, of this team is now. And you know, I guess you reference a, a year ago when you're out here for the Portland game and they lose, they lose to them twice. You just think about last season as a whole. It's like, what would have that, what would have that list of bullet points been, you know? And, and that to me, just like big picture with this team is, and, and, you know, and there's, there's arguments to, to be made that maybe they should rest guys more often or whatever, but they do have staples uh, of their identity from a strategy standpoint, from being a defensive team, from how they play offense. Like they're the number one seed in the Western conference because they know who they are and they were a 500 team last season because they didn't, you know? And, and, and to me that, yeah, that that's, that's as big of a change for this team as anything this season. And it's why they're sitting clearly uh, atop the Western conference right now. I, th- I think that's a, a huge part of it is, having that identity. And I always just take like the sappy view with Ant, right? This is his fourth year and every year of this journey or his progression, he's had really solid vets around him. I and mean, we were talking to some Blazers people about like Scoot in his rookie year and having like Malcolm Brogdon around and how valuable that's been for him. Uh, but I mean, Mike Conley didn't have the greatest night tonight. He was just like a lot of other starters, just kind of tired from that big win in the Clippers. He did have three blocks, which was, incredible from him but uh he's had a really cool post game and again this is a road game for dane so dane doesn't have all the cool audio setups but he just talked about that Ants, you know a kid at heart and sometimes he'll come in and be like oh, i'm tired you know i just again he's 22 yeah. i know that he makes millions of dollars i know that he's awesome but he's still like oh like who among us is not just after doing one thing being like oh, i'm kind of tired and uh mike had a cool story about how their their hotel rooms are, are right next to each other and he saw Ant walk into his room last night and or this morning and was kind of limping a little bit. And Mike was like, you're not limping like you're not hurt, like just kind of tough it out, like, you know, lock in. And it's just a little bruise. And Ant, being the competitor that he is, took that to heart and right. again, ends up playing in a game that without him, they lose. And with him, 41 points in the win. So I just think having those vets around Kyle and stuff, I know we probably lean into that too much sometimes, but what Mike Conley does for this team and changing the culture, you know, it's not just one person, but he does so much to get these guys. I mean, Mike Conley is the one guy on the team that should just take as many nights off as he wants. He doesn't. And he doesn't. He doesn't want to. No. Yeah. I mean, that was, I remember talking to some people before the, that that crazy Orlando Boston back to back. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I was like, are people, is everybody just going to rest in this Boston game? Like, you know, what's it, what's it going to be? And then it was, Mike ultimately rested and what what I'd heard was it was a real point of intention for Mike Conley this season at 36 years old to play in all 82 games like that was a yeah was a, a real goal for him and so when we talk about that identity and we obviously so many things of the identity I think do come back to your leaders and then particularly maybe your your veteran leaders and Again, if we made that list of the bullet points of what this Timberwolves team's identity are, we could have a sub bullet under each one of those of how Mike Conley influences that uh, to to be a part of it. And like you said, even in the games where on the box score it doesn't stand out as you know Mike Conley having a good game, though you always kind of scroll over to the far right column and the plus minus is always almost always a a, a positive for him. But it's yeah, it, it it's that stuff. It's 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 taken a young 22 year old under the 
under your arm after a game in LA the night before and you got to fly up to Portland and be like, Hey, yeah, we're, we're trying to one, we're trying to be the one seed two, we're trying to get to the all-star break on a high note, which I think is a real opportunity for this team right now. Like we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but starting with this Houston, that Houston game, I mean, about 10 days ago, two weeks back, whatever. I think this team is starting to turn a corner. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the offense and and that starting to come around, a little bit of better shot selection, whatever, whatever. But to be able to kind of run off these last seven, eight, nine games into it'd be seven games uh, into the break, starting with that Houston one, winning six of them, if they can win the, the next one against the Blazers, having your only loss be the Chicago loss, which was which was obviously bad. But to kind of be able to go into the All Star break on a really high note a note that feels kind of like um, when this team was at its peak sort of in, I, I'd say always say like the peak of this season was kind of the two weeks surrounding uh, Thanksgiving. They're starting to feel like that team again and being able to sustain that into the all-star break is big, not folding a game against the lowly Blazers tonight, even though it was a back-to-back that matters. And, you know, being able to come out focused, a little bit more rested on Thursday and win going in the All-Star break. I, I really think that matters for a team who obviously, you know, has some aspirations here to to make, you know, to take this season to go as 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 far as it can. Um let me grab our let me grab our first ad break here, Kyle, and then we can move over to Nikhil Alexander Walker. Uh today's show is brought to you by your home improvement company, another one of those uh local sponsors that we're really hoping uh, that those, you know, those of you who might have a home improvement need do consider, uh, right? If you are, um, if you do have a bathroom renovation on your to-do list at home, or you need new windows, do consider uh, your home improvement company. They do have a deal uh, in February going where it's thirty percent off of a complete bathroom uh, renovation that they can get done in you know twenty-four hours. So it can be something you're ready to do set up a consultation and execute quickly. That's 30% off a bathroom renovation. Uh, they also have a buy two windows, get two free deal. Again, that's just something I know that many of you are going to need to do uh, to your homes at, at some point. And uh, if you are considering doing that, do consider your home improvement company. You can go to yhic.com to set up a consultation uh, about what it is you might want to, to be doing. Uh, to your home, uh, to your home improvement project, or you can call 844-270-7180 with all your home improvement company uh, projects. It is no money down, no interest until 2025. Your home improvement company, where it's your home made better. And then Kyle, quickly, uh, today's show is also Brought to you by Prize Picks, uh, PrizePicks.com, the Prize Picks app, another sponsor of the show. They have a promo code. You can use the promo promo code Dane for a one hundred dollar sign up bonus. I always feel like uh, it's kind of fun in these where they play the same team two times in a row to to sort of you you just watched this Wolves team play the Blazers. It's probably going to be the same nine guys in the Wolves rotation. Probably pretty much the same you know, nine, 10 guys in, in the Blazers rotation. So you can kind of like, you kind of know where maybe uh, the weak spots are, where where the Wolves can take advantage of the Blazers, or maybe, you know, Carl didn't play well in this game. Jaden didn't play well in this game. Is there something behind that? Um, I think th- those are the ones where it's, it's kind of fun to, to put yourself behind uh, a, a prize pick there. So prizepicks.com, prize picks app. Uh, take a look. Right, maybe you listen to this on Wednesday um, or or Thursday morning before before the game against the Blazers. But take a look at uh, what the props are set at for um, for that Wolves Blazers game on Thursday. And again, if you want to create an account, do so using the promo code Dane at PrizePicks.com or on the Prize Picks app. Let's talk about Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kyle. Um, what stood out to me in this game live what was going and in the fourth quarter where he made those three big threes that really you know established a double digit lead where you go okay I think the Wolves have this this isn't going to be a game that you know slips away in the fourth quarter or they lose to an inferior team 
whatever. It stood out to me that that's so much what the that Celtics game felt like too, which was also the back to back. Orlando flying in the same day to Boston, and Nikhil came in and delivered in this game. And one of his, I think, biggest assets to this team is when they are flat, even when they have an excuse, kind of playing a super physical game against the Clippers last night and then coming here to play another game the next day. Nikhil is never flat. Really, like, it's not hyperbole. Like, when when does Nikhil Alexander-Walker not inspire energy in the team? He might have a bad shooting game here or there. He might have a game with, with some turnovers or something. But having that player that you can go to off your bench to, I guess it's just the cliche term, be a spark, I think has proven to be an invaluable you know, asset that, that he brings to this team on top of, you know, the night to night defensive impact that he has that is, you know, statistically off the chart and up there with any perimeter defender um in, in the league really. What what Nikhil's able to do just consistently and in that three and D role, it, it it's just really making uh, a difference on the Wolves this season. And I, I don't know if we're doing the pecking order of who's most behind this win. It's Ant number one, and pretty clearly, Nikia was the second most valuable, important winning player in this game tonight. What stood out to you about Nikia's game? Yeah, when you're talking there, I was thinking about actually rescinding what we said in in the first segment because as 41 points, it is what it is. You needed all 41 of those tonight from Ant. Uh, but I don't know. I might actually give my my participation trophy MVP award to Nikia. Because as much as those 41 points obviously kind of helped crutch the Wolves, he had 18 in the first, right? So that first quarter, they kind of, after that little s- slow start, they kind of came out firing. But uh, it was a one-point game going into the fourth. And that's like the whole dreaded, don't give the young team at home like a scent that they can maybe pull this thing out. Don't give them any hope. And despite how good Ant was, I mean, Nikhil hit shot after shot that, I mean, I was kind of joking with you, the Wolves basically played three good minutes of basketball and they won the game by double digits. Yeah. And all three of those minutes were all Nikhil. I mean, just corner three after corner three after corner three. And then that kind of, he called it the cherry on top, slide to the left, three in front of the Wolves bench. Um, it's 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 truly impressive. I mean, I, I always joke, it seems like in a big spot, wherever Nikhil catches the ball, he's shooting 100% in like clutch yeah. moments because it's just the ball swings around to him. It's never been the prettiest form. It probably won't be the prettiest form, but it's just real consistent. And they needed, and he's also defensively, he was awesome, I thought, on Simons. Yeah. Uh, Simons finished with 20 points, but six of 19, he had to work for everything he got. Well, and and Jaden wasn't there tonight. I other mean, than, other than being there, he yeah. was literally yeah. non existent, right. didn't score, didn't really play a lot of defense, um, two rebounds, one block. But it's just, it. I don't know, obviously, our friend of the show and our friend Chris Hine wrote a really cool piece on Nikhil a couple weeks ago on the Star Tribune about just kind of person he is. I mean, he's a 25-year-old, but he's a 55-year-old kind of mentality. And tonight, you know, before the game, getting to go into the locker room, and it's a little more informal, but guys are on their phones. They were watching the last Wolves-Blazers game, and yep. Josh Minot was holding court talking about all the cool stuff he did. But uh, Nikhil was just on a training table reading a book. And it's just he is a really cool story. Uh, was a little bit of a revenge game, right? He was traded to the Blazers for all of 24 hours before he was kind of dumped to the Utah. But uh, I think both of his highest scoring games this season are now against Utah and this tonight against Portland. And and you can tell too that his, I mean, this is in my opinion, in the seven years I've done this, like the closest knit locker room, but uh, he's, he's got some, I mean, he's does, he's not the type of guy that's going to say compliments. I don't think that are just fake. And he said tonight, too, he's like, I don't really I don't use this loosely, but Mike is like a big brother to me like that's and those two had a funny little thing post game about who has the best hands on the team and stuff. But he just they needed every part of Nikhil in a game that as it got, you know, 12 minutes left in the fourth, 10 minutes, eight minutes, you just had that same feeling you had against Charlotte, that same feeling you had against the Spurs of another bad team playing down to the competition. And literally before you knew it, it was just over. And it was mostly because of Nikhil. And to do it all, by the way, after he had like a really bad turnover and stuff, and to just, and talked about this post game with Leah yeah. Olsen, that to turn the ball over in a tight spot 
and then just kind of forget about it and go next play mentality and then go three, 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 three. Uh, you can't say enough about his performance. And yeah, to do the the turnover, right, which is the bad turnovers. That, yeah, those are yeah. all the staples of the the fourth quarter losses the, this season, right? That that they when they have crumbled in those situations. So to make one of those plays that kind of maybe starts deteriorating the foundation under you. I think they the game was close. I, Portland took a lead right around there, but it was it was it was a close game when he made that turnover and then to yeah, to follow that up confidently with uh three straight corner threes huge he's even got his little three-point celebration i meant to ask him about that afterwards but like he's uh he's clicking and you know we've done this in like 15 different ways this this year to talking about who Nikhil alexander walker is and has become through sort of the turmoil of the first four years of his career but it's almost like that is just the past at this point given how consistent he's been for you know 50 plus games thus far this season, like the expectation actually, I think from Nikhil Alexander Walker now is not only that you're going to get the effort, but that there's going to be pretty little variance in, in his production. Yeah. He's, he made, he was three for three from three against the Clippers last night and then five for six tonight. Yeah. It's not going to be a 90% three point shooter, but within it's like one of my favorite things about Rudy is how little variance there is to his game sort of night to night. There's a there's a consistency to what he brings to it. And Nikhil might be the next most consistent player uh, on this team night to night of what you know you can get from them. And Ant and Cat's roles, just as offensive fulcrums, are going to be volatile. Like, I don't know, Ant probably has eight or nine games this season, single-digit scoring right and and carl like tonight sometimes gets into you know foul trouble right or they're loading up on those guys and taking that away to have not only rudy gobert mike conley but also Nikhil alexander walker of just kind of these pawns you can put on the board and know exactly what you're going to get out of them i i think that is a in the aggregate a really big needle mover for this team 84-83 to start the fourth quarter. Nikhil actually fouled Scoot Henderson attempting a three. Scoot hit him all, and it was the first time. So it was 86-84 Portland. I think it was the first time the Blazers had led since the first quarter, like early in the first. So, again, you kind of have that wave of, oh, my God, here it goes again, right? The the achy knees the that we talk about in the past. And then next possession, Nikhil has a turnover. And then to just kind of, again, I I don't know why I love that stuff, but just to wipe those plays away, and to not worry about the scar tissue or the Timberwolves PTSD. And then it just, again, it was Nas had a bucket and then it was Nikhil three, Nikhil three, Nikhil three, Nikhil three. And all of a sudden it's 102.90 four minutes later. And it's like, oh, this is over. Right. <laughs> it's over. So, and also too, just like as you, you and I were watching a bunch of other games uh, yesterday, just think about how much a team, I mean, they don't have any assets, but like how much a team like the Phoenix Suns would just love to have a Nikhil Alexander Walker on their team, right? Like he, he he might be the fourth best player on that team or some of these other playoff contenders. I would have would, loved to see what Alex Caruso would have got tra- if he would have gotten traded, traded what yeah. he would have gotten traded for. Because I I I, I could do think that's like the best comp for him. Even I mean the, the three point shooting is actually I think Caruso's had having a really good three point shooting season too. But my only point behind that is like that is literally an extremely valuable commodity uh, around the league right now. Like I, I think Nikhil Alexander Walker is better than Royce O'Neal probably. Oh yeah. Right now, not I mean not to take take away from that. I think he'll he'll help Phoenix too. But I, I thought about that at the deadline, and obviously the Wolves were never gonna move him. But there's a lot of teams around the league who could just use what Nikhil is, is the the kind of perfect three and D player right now, which is just crazy that he's, he's become that. Yeah, dude, he's Marcus smart with a library card for them. You know what I mean? Like he, he's a little bit of their heart and soul too. And I, I, as much as Nas Reed will probably always hold the mantle. I think fans see it too. And he just goes out there and he never complains about fouls. Even on that, that Scoot Henderson three, I was talking about like kind of a questionable call, but he, he doesn't show up officials. 
especially on a team that has a lot of guys that kind of do that. Uh, he just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just to be 25 years old and to be that mature and to kind of know his story, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was third quarter. I was like on his Wikipedia page, but like after he got drafted as a lottery pick, like he played with like the eerie Hawks for a, a hot second. Like he played in the G league. Uh, he was basically, you know, a bust for all intents and purposes and to recover and to, you know, I remember last year he talked about that the trade to Minnesota saved him. And those words were kind of like, not to be sappy, but like really powerful. And he echoed that same sentiment at media day about how a lot of perspective, a lot of, you know, thinking about what he wants his career to be like and accepting a role. Mike, Mike Conley talked about that tonight is like Nikhil is accepting what this team needs and he's hitting on all cylinders. So Ants 41 kind of got them to the end of this, the end of the game, but it was those Nikhil threes that, like I said, all of a sudden I just looked up and it was a 17 point game when Luca Garza was checking in. It is kind of getting to the point, you know, right. There's the narrative with, with Jaden McDaniels, not narrative, the idea, which I think there's very likely truth to um, that Jaden McDaniels could do a lot more with a lot more usage that this team just doesn't have to give mm, him. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and I think it's kind of, that's maybe true for Nikhil Alexander Walker as well. He probably gets even less chance to like showcase his bag or be able to do more than just the the classic three and D stuff on offense. But we have seen him, you know, operate in in pick and roll functionally as a passer. And like if you know the big is staying home on cat or something, his ability to get all the way to the basket and finish, he's become a better decision maker in in those spots. Like we do need to remember that Nikhil Alexander Walker is like came in as a prospect with a high level of talent and a, a high level of idea of 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 what he you know what he could become. He's no long he's oddly at twenty five not being asked to do what he was asked to do when he was twenty years old coming in the league. He was kind of given more bandwidth back then, and it's just it, there's room for it on this team right now. But Nikhil's going to be on the team again he signed again for for next season and you know we'll see how the roster all moves but there, there's a world that in 12 more months from now we're like what has Nikhil stacked on top of this part of his game there's I do think there's I don't know if we're just scratching the surface but there's definitely uh, more ceiling to Nikhil Alexander Walker's game that I'm, I'm interested to see how that just develops. Just an awesome use of the sixth overall pick by Minnesota to draft him in 2019. Some will say it was probably Jared Culver, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it is crazy to kind of look back at that draft and like Jared Culver, Jackson Hayes, uh, Romeo Langford. Like they're just Romeo guys Langford. again that I know I'm, I don't know. It's probably now we're 20 minutes into, into Valentine's day. Happy Wednesday. But, I, I do think that not only in the basketball sense or just in any realm of life, he understood at an early age that I need to accept my role. Like if he was still gunning to be like, yeah, I'm 25, like I'm the shit. Like I, I'm a I'm a guy. Like I, they just don't know it yet. Right? You see a lot. Of, I mean, I yeah. not to harp on Jalen Noel, but I sometimes wonder if that's why Jalen Noel just you know never could find a role and accept being that role and not trying to be you know a 25 point per game scorer. So it's really cool. The Wolves have really obviously developed now an awesome bench of guys like him, guys like Nas Reed. Uh, I don't know if we'll get into it, but like Kyle Anderson tonight was plus 29 off the bench. He's had six, no, yeah, 14 uh, assists in the last 24 hours, zero turnovers. Finch said tonight that he feels like Kyle's kind of got his swag back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he, had an, he had an interesting little line off of that too. He goes, sometimes guys, when the trade deadline is looming, kind of have their low point of the the season and once that's kind of you know out of the or in the rearview mirror right it can kind of allow them to become themselves again he was pretty clearly you know intimating the idea that Kyle was struggling with some of that it was you know it was it was no joke that it was a possibility that Kyle Anderson could have gotten you know moved at the deadline he's not I think it's also They've affirmed that his role is still his role, even though Monte Morris is, you know, in the mix. And I think it will still be the, the Kyle Anderson role will still be the Kyle Anderson role, even if they add a buyout guy. I I think 
any buyout guy that comes in is going to be on the outside looking into the rotation. And Kyle Anderson is going to remain in the in the rotation. And obviously that's because Finch has, I mean, just a significantly higher belief in in Kyle Anderson than I think a lot of people do, you know, externally. Um, they they believe Kyle can be this player that he has been against Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers on Monday. And then yeah, again tonight as well let's grab uh let's grab another break and we'll we'll keep going i want to focus on the offense a little bit it was uh i'm kind of picked up on one of those cool little uh trend things uh with with the wolves offense too so we'll grab another break and and get back and talk about that with kyle today's show is brought to you by doer d-u-e-r and i've been telling you how much i love my doer jeans i packed both of my pairs for this trip kyle and i went to dinner on Monday before the game, I wore my Dewar jeans. Perfect for that. Clean, real jeans with the right amount of sort of stretch to them. But my favorite pair from Dewar is the no sweat pants. I have those in a dark black. Super easy to wear with anything. Formal enough to pull off a nice shirt or jacket. Comfortable enough to wear with a hoodie. I've worn them to games uh, a handful of times. Dewar makes stretch performance denim and lifestyle apparel for men and women with an elevated style. That does stand apart. Plus, Dewar is committed to using 85% plant-based materials for natural softness. Trust me, you want Dewar in your wardrobe. I love them. Uh, order your new favorite jeans today. Check out Dewar's flagship stores in LA or Denver or shop online at shopdoer.com slash Moore. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off site-wide when you use my special URL, shopdoer.com slash Moore. Don't wait. To get 15% off now, go to shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp and relationships with our family, friends, and significant others can be hard work. It's a common misconception, right, that relationships are supposed to be easy. It's not like when we were kids, we just hung out like by default with our siblings and our friends playing video games, shooting hoops, whatever. They're not easy like that anymore. Our relationships take work, and therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in any of your relationships. Therapy can teach us coping skills and how to set boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. It really isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient for you with flexibility that meets your schedule, and it's entirely online. To get matched with a licensed therapist through BetterHelp, you just need to fill out a brief questionnaire and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge if you need. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for it or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Dane Moore to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Dane Moore. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Kyle. Um, I thought it was really interesting how Finch kind of unveiled that the Wolves have a new strategy for closing games, and it is to have the offense be in front of them in second halves. When you are a road team, you get to choose which way you're going to to start the game, which means you get to choose which way you are going to end games. And it's super common like across the league. It's almost every single game, every single team chooses to have uh, their defense be in front of their bench or the, the, where the coaches to kind of be calling out the coverages and um, managing that kind of hyper fixating on, on the defense a little bit. Rudy Gobert, what came out tonight when we were asking some questions was Rudy Gobert has kind of been pining for the Wolves to flip that so they have their offense in front of them uh, at the at the end of games. And I mean, we could get into the how that just kind of makes a lot of sense, given that this is the number one defensive team uh, in the league and has been a team that's been below average uh, offensively thus far this season. But I mean, help me tell that story and 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 what stood out to you about that sort of shift that this team has has made. This is a massive story. You know what I mean? Like in terms of, I mean, it's kind of interesting. They they did it right after Rudy set came to the coaches again to do it after the Chicago game where they blew another fourth quarter because the offense was in shambles there. And yeah, now they did it the Milwaukee game. They did the Clippers game, and they they did it tonight against Portland. Sorry, cut you off. But no, you did. I, I I don't really have much to say on this. I was just going to let you keep cooking. Uh, <laughs> I I think because we were talking to Jim and Grady before the game, it w- was it maybe Grady that tipped everyone kind of off to this? Yeah, or? yeah. I, I I was not putting that together myself, and Grady pointed that out. And again, maybe maybe this is for twelve total listeners, but I just love this stuff because this is like a story that has been organically developed by the people that cover the team and the people that everyone listens to, that you guys notice this, that, yeah, a handful of games ago, all of a sudden the Wolves are going on a different basket in the second half. And it's like, I didn't even notice it, right? So Grady <laughs> points it out, and then the line of questioning tonight from all of us, but you know, pregame and postgame and talking to other people with the team, uh, it was like a real strategic thing that Rudy was adamant about. And I think Rudy brought it up originally and maybe the coaching staff or the organization whatever just kind of scoffed at it. And then he's like, no, like we should try this. And Mike had some cool quotes about it. And I think had the best quote that was basically just like talking about how we can hear the plays. Like when Finch is calling out plays, like if we're attacking on that basket in the second half, we hear what Finch is wanting us to do. And joked about how when they're going the other way and they didn't hear the plays or Finch would get pissed at him because he couldn't hear the plays. But and then just having like the the energy from the bench and the vibes when you hit a big three and, you know, late game, hit a three, dap up your teammates and stuff. Uh, it's a weird, random story that's part of the 82 game, you know, novel of this season. But it's crazy because it's like kind of has a major impact on how this team is starting to play basketball. It just makes sense. Yeah, it's crazy. Rudy Gobert is one of the coolest fucking players on the earth. Like he just he comes up with he's really, really smart. And again, he is one of us now. So like I appreciate him and I would go to war for him. And when he wasn't here, you're like, that guy's a big weirdo. But uh, for he is so detail oriented to notice that. And I mean, I do. I do think it has played a really you keep talking about, you know, that Houston Rockets game and like are they starting to figure out the offense a little bit? Uh, I know points per game is not the be-all, end-all, or a really good metric, but the Wolves have now scored 120-plus points in four consecutive games. Uh, like, when you factor that in with this defense that you know travels, you're kind of starting to figure it out. Yeah, well, and and then and I think Chris asked Ant, he was just like, you know, and is it are you guys just like, okay, defensively? Like, you don't need that you know, meticulous coaching of the, you know, having the defense be right in front of you on the bench. He's like, yeah, we have 
fucking Rudy Gobert quote. He goes, we don't we don't need them <laughs> talking to us on defense. He's doing all the talking again. It 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 makes sense from the defensive side. This team's kind of got it taken care of defensively. You know, ninety percent of games offensively. I mean, not, not a lot of games they do not have it taken care of offensively, and in fourth quarters in particular, they don't. So, yeah, maybe it seems like a small thing and. Finch kind of laughed about it like he's like, I don't really totally see the the value in it. But but what Finch said was, what I like most about it is it made Rudy really happy. And a happy Rudy is a good Rudy for us. Um, yeah, just to, yeah, again, you're right. It's totally one of those 82 game sort of stories. But given how much this team has turned the ball over in, in fourth quarters and just dried up offensively. I mean, they're just a group that needs coaching offensively. You just see that watching the games. In the midst of it, they need for a team that doesn't have like specific, specific structures of where they start all their offensive possessions. Like they do need a little bit more guidance. Anybody watching this team this season knows that they need a little bit more offensive guidance. This is a way uh, to be able to to do that. And I think you know whether it is for the coaching or just having the the bench there right next to them. That I, I do think there's. I do think there's there's something to it, and I think it's, again, telling part of the story about this team starting to turn finally like a corner offensively. It's these three games with whatever the the offense in front of them, um, in 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 this in the second half. But the offense has been better overall recently, and it's not all that. It's it's managing the ball a little bit more. I was, no, I was just kind of like looking through the course of the game. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like, this is a game where the other team has more turnovers than the Wolves. And you just you kind of look at some of the other numbers, the field goal percentage and this and that, and you're like, well, you know, the Blazers about shooting the same uh, as the Wolves are. Everything's almost the same, but the Wolves have a 10-point lead because they haven't turned the ball over as much and because they're getting the free throw line at, at a higher rate than them. It's it's these things that we could, we forget sometimes are like really meaningful, low hanging fruit of just having an extra five possessions or something in the game than than your opponent does. That makes a difference, and they're doing that more offensively right now. And we're starting to see the offense globally tick up a little bit. And they've changed their shot selection in the last five or six games, and we're seeing the efficiency of their shooting tick up a little bit. Like. They're fine. This is what we've been saying for like two months. They're like, what are these little marbles we can put into the cup that start filling it up offensively and and make it make more sense? It wasn't. It was never just one thing. Yeah, we could point to the turnovers, but it, they have to find to be the team they want to be. They need to get better at five, six different things offensively. And I feel like for the first time. This season, or at least the first time in a couple months, I'm like, all right, this team seems close to to being there. But again, it's like the perfect NBA story because this season is so damn long, and being out here with the team and you know everyone around them this week, you remember just how much time these guys spend together, right? So I don't know why I harp on that so much. I just you know they spend more time together than like any other coworkers do. They're just literally living together as one big family. And the month of January will kind of forever be, you know, imprinted in my mind of this month where, you know, the smartest people covering this team and all the fans and stuff were this offense is broken. Like, what are they going to do for this offense? And I'll, I'll dial up the Dane Moore NBA podcast and you and Britt are talking about, I don't know, getting Kyle Moore at the nail and running more spread pick and roll and all these fancy terms and then Rudy's like what if we just shoot threes in front of Chris Finch <laughs> like what if we just what if we just play basketball in the second half in front of Micah Nori like so that we can hear what they're talking about more it was kind of like the dumbest random way to solve what was a really glaring issue because you can't be a contender if your offense is bottom you know 10 in the league and again it's a five six game sample size but you know to to put up 120 for four straight games for the on the road for the first time in franchise history. And you have the defense and you know that, like Ant said, Rudy's Rudy's talking to them on that side of the court. Like they, they got that covered. So maybe it is just a little tweak, but the young guys need to be closer to be closer to dad in the second half so that they can 
execute more of these sets, the things you've been calling for. But I don't know. That's just that's that's like the best NBA story. Man. That's just something so stupid <laughs> that we were like trying to come up with all these clever ways to solve it. And it's just like, you know what? Let's just let's just defer the kickoff <laughs> until the second half and we'll go the other way. I was uh, I was just looking at the like the three point volume over these mm-hmm. um, la- like last six games. You go back to the Orlando game uh, that they lost. They they still took almost half their shots were threes in that the the Houston game volume was down a little bit, but high, really high volume three point shooting game against Chicago. That's a game Carl took sixteen. The Milwaukee game was really high volume, and they made over over half of them there too. The Clippers game uh, was you know a well above average three point volume game for them, and also this Portland one. So it's like I was like, okay, there's a pocket of like six games where they've you know taken more than forty percent of their shots. We're, we're three pointers. I'm just kind of like scrolling through the schedule, looking looking back, and there's one other time in the season where four, you know, five six games in a row they really had um, a a high volume of of three point shots, and it was that time right after right after uh, Thanksgiving, after that Sacramento game, the volume turned up on the threes for two weeks, and that was the six game winning streak right there. That kind of propelled them right before the death march in the schedule. You remember that? Was, yep. That was kind of like the, the peak of the season at that point. I think part of the answer is just with this team, and Rudy's been saying it for a couple weeks, we got it. It's shot selection. We just need it. We need to be taking uh, more threes. We have the talent to be able to to do that. I think particularly even just one more shooter in the rotation in Monte Morris. Like, there, There's no reason this team – can't consistently be a team who's shooting at at least league average volume from three. I think they're like 24th in in three-point volume on the season. Um, that matters. And I think it's it's good. I think it's good when something you need to add to your offense is also being reflected in wins. I think that ends up turning something into a habit, which is, again, what gives me some confidence that maybe this will sustain. And the first six games out of the all-star break might look at like that too. The not just with the the shot selection, but the 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 turnovers as well. I think it's uh it's a meaningful thing. Yeah, I, I did too. And I was I was just I can't stop thinking about Nikhil. Oh, but I I was in terms of the offense and all this stuff, and you mentioned Monty Morris, who again played his second night tonight, he was kind of non-existent I meaning he had that big I just three think that he's just gonna be he's kind of a blender inner like right that, right that, and, well and again i'm i'm judging this man on 24 hours of two right. games and, and probably not a lot of sleep but uh i was lucky enough tonight to like i just sat next to alan horton who does wolves radio the whole game and uh we were kind of talking during breaks but, but you know kyle's been so good now again and, and got a swagger back as finch said and having other guards out there like monty morris i think nikhil because everything to me is about nikhil tonight uh, I think that allows him in my brain to like play a little more off ball. Like I know Nikhil can in stints play a little backup point guard and put guys in the right spots. But now with Monty Morris in the fold and, and a rejuvenated Kyle Anderson, I just there's this team again has so many options. And I, I circle back to the beginning of this pod when I was talking about just 12 months ago, 13 months ago, these two franchises, the Timberwolves and the Blazers were in such different arcs or paths. And to look at them now, I mean, all it took tonight for the Wolves was literally three and a half minutes of good basketball to win because they have so many options. They're, they are addressing the things, you know, the elephants in the room of the bad offense and the lack of ball moving. I mean, again, we saw in the second and third quarter when it got really, really one pass, maybe two. That's, it doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? And then another bugaboo for them is they didn't get the same fun whistle they had last night. Like last night was like, let them play. Tonight was stop, 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 whistle, whistle, whistle. I mean, even Mike Conley was like kind of frustrated. So they just have so many options. And when you get to the playoffs, you want to be able to have what as many options as possible because every game is completely different than the previous game. And with all the adjustments and the ways that teams throw different coverages and different sets, uh, you're going to need all these guys. I mean, Mike talked about it too. And you asked him, what do you think the offense is turning a corner? And he's like, I do. But, you know, we want to turn that corner and have this thing really humming when it matters the most. And mm-hmm. that would be, you know, six, eight weeks from now. So improvements, again, yeah, they kind of stumbled through most of this game and kind of slept walked. But 
I don't know. I know I'm tired doing this pod at one in the morning on Valentine's Day, so I can't imagine how, you know, Rudy Gobert feels, but they don't win this game last year, in my mind. They just they just don't, right? It's just another one of those times where they would have just dropped the ball and uh, closed it out, and they have one more game coming up, uh, and it seems like they really do care about collecting as many wins as possible. I don't know if the one seed in February is, like, on their mind, but I know that they want to have, as Finch said, every advantage possible come playoff time, whether that be home court, whether that be the one seed, because uh, that's what matters in, you know, six, seven game series. Coming up uh, on the pod for sort of the rest of the week, just what the, the schedule is going to be is Britt and I are going to record on Wednesday afternoon, uh, tomorrow afternoon, kind of get Britt's take maybe more so on this whole five game stretch where it seems like uh, the Wolves are potentially sort of turning a turning a corner offensively, clicking into back into a rhythm of of what they looked like earlier in the season. So that will be uh, the the next pod that'll be up sometime uh, Wednesday late afternoon, and uh, then Kyle and I will cover the game uh, again on Thursday. Here, the Wolves play the Blazers again. Obviously, we'll do one more of these late night pods and kind of uh, take us into. Uh, the the All Star break. I was thinking though, because I might do like one pod over All Star break, but for the most part, kind of take that time off. I did want to mention that we do have a set of tickets to give away uh, for the the game on Saturday night, February twenty fourth, against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I'm not going to get to mention it again that that many times because we won't have that many pods before that game. But if you are a Patreon subscriber, do send us a message um, that you can go to that game. Again, it's a it's a Saturday night game uh, against Brooklyn, and we'll just pick someone at random for for the the pair of tickets from the the Patreon subscribers. Do let us know though um, that you are uh, available for that. We'll select from the group of people who let us know that they are available. Um, if you are not already uh, a Patreon subscriber, you can become one. It's it's five bucks a month. Uh, helps fund the show, trips like this, and just being able to have all these guests on and uh, and cover cover these games cover throughout the season. Um, that's in part made possible by the the support of the show. So if you'd like to support the show, it's patreon.com slash Dane More MBA and uh, sign up, send us a DM on Patreon that you are available for that game, and we will choose someone at random for for two tickets to that game. We have a couple more uh, for the rest at the very end of the month of February that we'll get to as well. But this is a, a cool thing that the Genesis company has helped us out with, is giving tickets to people uh, to be able to go actually watch this team at Target Center. It's not cheap to be able to, to go watch a game. So, um, yeah. Send us a message at patreon.com slash Dane Moore MBA. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Dane Moore MBA. Got anything else? All right. So we're going to do the Josh Minot segment or <laughs> no, he, scored, he scored in two of the last three games. <laughs> no, it, I, the, the Patreon thing, though, I mean, again, supporting Dane is a really big. It, the, the amount of quotes and stuff you get tonight, like there's not a lot of video. There's not a lot of people in the media room like to get all those different quotes. I mean, Mike Conley had one of the funniest quotes ever when I asked him about like, did you know you could still you had three blocks in you? And he gave a very un Mike Conley answer that was kind of like, yeah, like I still got it. Like age is just a number. Like I'm 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 bad. And he looked over at Nikhil across the locker room. And he was like, I Nikhil knows. Like I have the best hands on the team. And it was just kind of a fun thing. But uh, you know, support the support the local journalists that and and beat reporters and writers and podcasters that are covering this team because that's how in 2024 we're getting these fun quotes and these storylines. I mean, again, I bet you all Valentine's Day for sickos like me, we're all going to be talking about how the Wolves just changed directions and started shooting on the other baskets. So uh, I think it's a cool way to support Dane. I think it's a cool way to get fans to the game because we are now at, what are they, 37 and 16? 38 and 16. 16. Not to get sappy on Valentine's, but we're slowly running out of regular season games. This is... Without a doubt, the second best team in franchise history. It's not even close. These games are awesome. These It's a really cool team, really cool coaches. So if you can get to a game after All-Star break, I highly recommend doing it. But uh, yeah, just a, just a fun 24, 27 hours uh, for this team. A team that is not perfect, 
right? And I'm sure you'll find ways to talk about with Britt tomorrow, things they can improve. But uh, a team that really, as a fan, gives you a little bit of hope that, like, they might, right? Like, it might be 5%, but they might have a chance to do something real cool here come April, come May, and God forbid, June. God forbid. He's uh, he's Kyle Tige. Um, You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Tige. Him and Phil Mackey also recorded over uh, at Score North, the Flagrant Howls podcast this afternoon. So get some more Phil and Kyle in your life there as well. Check out check out their show. Uh, again, Kyle and I will be back to do a show after the game on, on Thursday night. And Britt and I will do a pod on Wednesday afternoon. Until then, he's Kyle. I'm Dane. Peace out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.